Welcome to the Let's Talk About Parenting podcast with me, Laura, and my lovely mum, Ruth. Hi, everyone. Together, we'll be discussing all things parenting, from education to mental health and everything in between. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Let's Talk About Parenting podcast. I'm Laura Curtis, your host and the founder of Questa Kids, an online educational game for children aged 7 to 12 to help them explore the world around them. And I'm here with my mum, Dr. Ruth Talbot, child psychiatrist, and uh, who helps me out with the quests. Hi everyone. So we're actually now in the last, this is going to be the last episode of our first season. We're going to take a little break for a while and come up with some new uh, episodes for people to listen to. Um, So this will be our last podcast for a little while, but uh, if you want to know when we're going to be back on again make sure to follow us on instagram or facebook let's talk about parenting podcast or you can go to the quest of kids website www.questakids.com and sign up to the newsletter and we'll make sure that you know when we're next going to be back on so today's episode is going to be about lying a Um, difficult one a difficult one but also a funny one we've got a whole bunch of anecdotes at the end that our followers have sent in about the best lie that a child has ever told them which i think is going to be pretty funny um so that's kind of a fun way to 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 finish off the season um but first of all as always we start with a famous woman from the research that we've been doing to do with quester kids because quester kids is uh, an online educational platform that tries to teach kids about the experiences and the contributions of women throughout history and one of the ways that we do that is by focusing on famous women so the quest that we're just finishing now and getting ready to launch is for morocco do you know any famous moroccan women do you know i don't actually i i can't think of anyone so i'm really intrigued to to hear what you've got to tell us well don't worry we've got plenty but the one that i thought we could talk about today is a woman called um mariam shadid who is she's still alive um she's french moroccan woman and she is an astronomer, um, astronomer, explorer, uh, astrophysicist. Wow. Yeah, she's a really interesting woman. So her father was a blacksmith and her mother was a housewife. Um, but when she was young, she got given a book on astronomy and just became totally fascinated by it. Ended up graduating from Hassan II Cas- University of Hassan II Casablanca um, with a master's degree in physics and mathematics and then went on to do a PhD in astronomy and space. And she spent a lot of her time working on astronomy in Antarctica. Oh, my goodness. What a contrast to her life in Morocco. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Very, very different. And also, I didn't know this. I mean, I I guess I did if I thought about it, but I hadn't considered that Antarctica is obviously one of the best places in the world to see stars because it's dark for a full half year. So you can just sit there. Yeah, and, no, and very little light pollution exactly there's no light pollution it's dark half of the year and also apparently it's something that i don't really understand because i don't really have a science background but something to do with um turbulence there's like less okay kind of interference in the kind of the layers between the earth and the stars so it's much easier to see stars than it is in other places wow so just imagine a book that she was given as a child took her from Morocco, from a blacksmith yeah. and a, what did you say her mum was? A housewife. housewife's home, to a research station in Antarctica. I mean, wow, Absolutely. the power of books, incredible. 
Yep, and she was the first female French astronomer to reach the heart of Antarctica and the first Moroccan to visit Antarctica. So she planted a Moroccan flag at the at the South Pole. She was also, I think, the first to plant an Arab and an African flag in in the South Pole. So that's really cool. That as is well. amazing. Um, yeah, I just I've I've always wanted to go to Antarctica. I think it would be really amazing to like. I think you get a lot of. Um, cabin fever like if you're stuck there for six months with just the same people so you don't mean you want to visit you mean you want to go and live there yeah 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 yeah. i don't want to just pop in for like a couple of days i've always wanted to like go and spend a season there or something <laughs> but i'm not very scientifically minded so i don't think that they would be very interested in me um, well i don't know i mean you know can you imagine as long as they've got wi-fi you could do all the research for for quest of kids and all the yep, creative thinking, and you wouldn't have any of the interruptions of everyday life, including no sunlight. I mean, yeah, but I could. I'd also still be able to get emails, so it would still, uh, okay. like I wouldn't be for long. I'm also not quite sure what I would contribute to the people who are living. Well, you there could tell well. stories. That that you could yeah, be, fun you know, facts, I guess. You could be instead of a TV or a or a Netflix subscription. Yeah. <laughs> I also heard, I don't know if this is true or not, but I heard somewhere that if you want to go and spend a season in Ant- like a winter in Antarctica, you have to have your wisdom teeth removed because if you, if you're stuck there, there's not really a lot of dentistry no. there and they don't want to have to evacuate you. So they want to like, obviously I'm sure they check you for all sorts of other health complaints and stuff as well. <laughs> but wisdom teeth is like a risk factor there, there is um there's a museum on south georgia which is you know it's not antarctica but it's in the it's in the region and um mm. i did see something the other day about about two women who went out there for the season but of course they're there for the tourist season which is the summer mm. but that would be quite interesting and that's an amazing yeah, place full of fur seals like more fur seals than than you could shake a stick at yeah really interesting anyway we've got a little bit yeah, distracted that's what we do um but now let's get going on our episode all about lying here we go all right without further ado let's talk about lying um so i have quite a strong strong perspective about lying and kids which is that people get really down on lying people get really anti-lying and i think that Lying is an essential part of human development and about being human. We all lie all the time. And if we say that we don't lie, then we're lying to ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> and to the rest of the world. And actually what you want to do with kids is you want to teach them about appropriate uses of lying um, <laughs> and help them to recognise that there are times for, for fibs and lies and there are times when it's not okay, but also what some of the consequences are of lying. But if you just try and stop kids from lying ever... First of all, God, we would all be such psychopaths if nobody ever lied ever. <laughs> it would be an absolute nightmare. So I think this idea of like that we should never lie, we should never teach children to lie ends up shutting off a whole realm of um, experiences for children. Um, and also I came across this really interesting research that was talking about how children who lie better tend to have better social skills that actually lying is correlated with being good in social situations being able to maneuver around people being liked by people it all links into lying um that so i just think that lying is a fundamental part of being a human we're some of the only creatures that can lie there are some monkeys that can lie but (laughs) but but it's interesting isn't it because if you say is lying okay the word 
lying is so pejorative that you're tempted to say, of course, it's not a good thing. But if you say, can you imagine alternate possibilities? Can you come up with creative ways of seeing the world differently? These are all interesting qualities that we value. And I think we're going to talk a little bit about lying and imagination and how those two processes are linked as well. Um, But it's lying is a very creative process. Yeah. Um, And we're going to talk a little bit. We're going to talk a little bit about why kids lie, a bit about lying and imagination, a bit about how to respond when kids lie. When should you respond? When should you just let it wash past you? And then a little bit about whether you should lie to your kids. Yeah, um, you probably yeah. can imagine already which side I'm I'm going down. <laughs> lie to them all constantly. <laughs> but first of all, I also know that there are lots of parents who who do find lying distressing, and it can be difficult. It can put kids in danger. It can put parents in danger. And it also kids do need to understand that when you get caught in a lie, it diminishes people's trust in you. Yeah, um, and that's just a, that's a consequence of the social. Uh, contract yeah exactly exactly and part of growing up is about working all of that out in their head and they will do that by practicing yeah so and sometimes they get it wrong quite a lot of the time they get wrong (laughs) oh we're also going to share at the end i put a call out on social media to find out what are some of the best lies that you've ever been told by a child and we've got some great ones so we're going to read some of those out at the end um but let's kick off why why do kids lie what are some of the reasons that kids lie okay so It seems to me that adults imagine that they have a pretty uh, concrete hold on the difference between what's the truth and what's a lie, Mm -hmm. uh, which I would question. Mm. But younger children can't distinguish between those two quite as easily. You know, there are things that are true and there are things they would like to be true. And trying to draw a clear line of distinction between between them isn't always possible when you're when you're very young and your experience of the world is 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 very limited um so there's a there's an element of lying if we're going to use that word as you know how we try things out different ideas different different ways to be different ways of solving problems different possibilities that we want to explore and that's just part of exploring not just the real world but the imagined world as well however there is undoubtedly um, an element to kids not telling the truth as they understand it in order to avoid what they suspect are going to be unpleasant consequences which is also a totally normal human behavior (laughs) yeah yeah did you eat that chocolate biscuit that i wanted no i didn't yeah yeah (laughs) if you ate that chocolate biscuit i'm going to be absolutely furious did you eat it no of course i didn't um I think that there's also a way of in which children talk about things in an exaggerated way to get improve uh, approval to somehow enhance their sense of who they are and and adults do this too and adults do adults this too. do this too how many of us have told a story and then enhanced an aspect of it in order to make people laugh more in order to make people yeah. engage more yeah. it's absolutely just a no and, and after a while sometimes you can even start to think that that was what happened yes exactly exactly <laughs> we lie to ourselves exactly. as well as others i i can fully remember explaining to my teacher when i was about 7 that i couldn't do something that she asked me to do after school because i 
had to go and spend time with my pony. <laughs> I didn't have a pony. I just desperately, desperately, desperately Where would have you liked have one. Kept it? <laughs> there was nowhere in, in my home to, to keep a pony and my parents didn't have the resources to, to, a, to afford one. But I believe that I had a pony and I lived an imaginary world in which I tended to this pony for hours after school mm -hmm. and I had a lovely time and it just wasn't true. Was that lying? I think it probably was. Did it do anyone any harm? I think not. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, sometimes I think children say something in haste. You mm. know, they say it without really thinking it through. And then having said it, they don't quite know how to get themselves out of yeah. trouble. There's a pride aspect as yeah. well. Yeah, and it's sort of also... Because you, you know you shouldn't lie. Yeah. So then backing down then becomes, which am I going to get more in trouble for? Exactly. Am I going to get more in trouble exactly. for the lying? Or Yeah. And and the capacity to talk your way out of something that you've said, you've claimed, which isn't true, is really quite... You know, it requires a lot of skill, a lot, a lot of agility, and lots of kids don't don't have that. Um, and I think the other thing is that we all tell white lies. We all just amend the truth in order to make the world a slightly more comfortable place. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, with no harm coming to us, coming to anybody as a consequence of it, and of course sometimes the consequences being a bit more significant. And when you're young, you don't really know how to distinguish between yeah. the little white lies that don't cause any problems um, and just make people happier and the ones that actually are misleading and bewildering. And and they also can't tell always when which are the ones that are they going to get called out on yes. and which are the ones that they're not going to get called out on. You know, yes. some things that we know as adults, when a kid says, I flew to school today, yes. we absolutely know that that didn't happen because it's not possible to fly. But if they say um, the train stopped at West Drayton on the line, you're probably not going to be bothered to be like, well, it could have stopped there and it might not have, but I don't really care what the outcome yeah, is. because so it doesn't they, matter. It doesn't matter so they don't know which ones they're going to get challenged on and which ones they're not and hey they might have flown to school they may have flown to school it's unlikely but this is something that that benny my younger brother did all the time <laughs> he was such a little liar um and he would lie about all these things that needlessly were, that were totally disprovable it was really extraordinary and it was part of the process of him working out which lies he could get away with and which ones he couldn't yes but he never knew when we were going to be like do you know what? I'm going to find out if the train stopped at West Drayton <laughs> because, of course, the Internet. Um, <laughs> but he but he also, you know, he also had a sort of disarming truth to him when he was when he was telling saying <laughs> things that weren't true. He just said, oh, no, it was a lie. <laughs> yeah. Well, but I, I remember an occasion when he was at oh, he was quite little and he it was sports day at school and he wasn't particularly fast. I mean, he actually became a very fast runner later on when he was a, when he was a teenager. But at this stage, he was he had little short fat legs and he was not a fast runner. And he turned to me and he said, do you know, mum, I am the fastest boy in the school. <laughs> and then there was a little pause and he said, I probably won't win the race, <laughs> but I am the fastest. So he was already anticipating the outcome yeah, of the exactly, lie. Exactly, exactly. But it sort of didn't matter because... What he was really saying was that I would love to be the fastest yeah. boy in the school, yeah. even though I, in truth, know that I'm not. Exactly. Anyway, um, talk about lying and imagination, because I think that's an interesting one. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, they're really interesting because a lot of the time kids do know what the difference is between a lie and, imagine, and an imagination, or they develop it as they grow up. They develop yeah. more of it. Um, but, you know, I, I, I'm not sure when a child imagines, you know, 
I remember as a kid playing, I got really inspired by Claude Monet's paintings. Yes. And I knew that he had a second wife, but he had children from his first marriage. And I used to play this game, which was called Monet's Daughters, which was about getting ready for Monet's wedding. second wedding. Don't judge me, everyone. I was a weird kid. Um, and I knew that, that I wasn't Monet's daughter. And this wasn't 19th century France. <laughs> And the, actually, I can't remember who you chose to be, Monet, but, but you and your friend Matilda were not yes, his daughters. Yeah, exactly, exactly. exactly. But, but it, it, there's, a, there's an interesting crossover and interplay between those things. Yeah. Um, and pretend play is often a mixture of belief and lying to yourself. So it's sort of two processes. You believe it, but you also know it's not true at the same time. That's part of what imagination is. I got a quote, somebody described it as, you lie to yourself and at the same time you know you're lying to yourself as like that's what imagination and imaginative play is, which is actually very sophisticated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Being able to hold those two realities in your head yeah. is really sophisticated. And if we only ever did true or not true, we wouldn't be able to combine those things. Well, the world would be very black and white. Exactly. Very, um, very black and yeah. white. Um, and, but again, as children get older, particularly the line between... And this is about appropriate lies and non-appropriate lies and appropriate behaviours and non-appropriate behaviours. But as a child gets older, if they say, I didn't eat the cookie, a bird did it, although it resembles imagination <laughs> and, <laughs> and does require them, them using their imagination to get there, and we'll get onto some very, very creative lies later on, um, it does link to a reality. So <laughs> it's about them avoiding a behaviour. It's which, not which reality is this? Because they didn't eat the cookie and a bird that did. The cookie is gone. That's <laughs> the reality. <laughs> um, and that that yeah, it's that <laughs> they are trying to avoid a consequence, not on some flight of imagination okay. where magically a bird just popped in and it was part of the game. Yeah, it's like that's not how it works. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I would say don't worry about calling kids out and destroying their imagination if it links to a particular behaviour that they're displaying. If they push their brother and then they say, oh, no, an ogre came out of the cupboard and did it and then disappeared again. <laughs> you don't have to feel like telling them off is going to crush their imaginative spirit. <laughs> Just don't push your brother. Exactly. Or, or make sure the ogre doesn't either. Yeah. And if he does, I'm going to hold you responsible. Yeah. Um, so what are some of the ways that you can respond to lying? Well... I think it's, of course, depends on the circumstances, but sometimes it's probably better not to react at all, mm -hmm. to just hold your fire and have a little think about what might be going on. Because sometimes the child is telling you about something that they wish for or would like to happen. And that's interesting. And I sometimes think this get, this links to grammar as well. When a child says, I have a pony, yes. a young child says, I have a pony, it might seem like a lie or imaginative play, but they might mean, <laughs> I wish I had a pony. Or yes. if I had a pony, I would do this. And yes. they might not have the, the sophistication grammatically in order to be able to say that. So sometimes you can model it and say, you mean you wish you had a pony? Yes, exactly, exactly. And, and you know, similarly with the, you know, pushing the brother over and it was the ogre who jumped out of a cupboard you know, you can link that to the the child who did the pushing being a bit like the ogre. Yeah. Uh, you know, and sort of help the child maybe make the links between the things that they say and what you think of as the truth as you know them. Because as I say, how do you know the kid didn't fly to school? 
I think we can all agree that the kid didn't fly to school. Well, if we okay. can't agree that, then well, I don't okay. know where we go from there. But the point, the point is, what about the interesting possibility that the child could okay let's not get too meta about this okay (laughs) but i think i think that's the thing i think that this idea of what the truth is is actually something that kids like to play with and maybe we should like to play with it too yeah i think it's fun to say if a kid says i flew to school today it's fun to you know because it's that's not a significant one that's not an important one which links to behavior in any kind of way you can also say oh that's interesting was it cold yeah did you need an extra jumper did you grow wings or did you have jet boots how did it work yeah did you bump into anybody and that's not about catching them in a lie that's just about oh tell me more yeah exactly exactly Um, exactly um but having having said that there are serious untruths you know have you have you taken someone else's things have you damaged something have you done something mean um and 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 there the lying might be i don't want you to know that i'm the sort of person who could do that mm-hmm. um but on the other hand if they did then you know you need to help them find a way of facing up to the truth of of what, of what they did yeah Although I would say that the emphasis should be on the on the problematic behaviour, not ne- not as much on the lying about it. Yeah, you shouldn't well, lie. It should be both. Yeah. But the problem is, is that if you stigmatise them telling the truth too much, if you incentivise them to not tell the truth, yeah, then the behaviour is going to carry on. It's going to carry on. And you have to also, and I think with the serious untruths or more significant ones, you also need to give kids a way out yes of the lie yes you need to be able to say i don't think that that's quite true do you want to try again yeah yeah and 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 also sort of explain that you can be forgiven for making a mistake yes you know if you if you end up saying something because you panicked or because you don't want to face the the reality of this or whatever you can say, look, everybody, everybody gets it wrong from time to time. We all try the alternatives. Um, sometimes when you've done something wrong, the best thing to do is just to say, look, I made a mistake. I'm really sorry. Um, what can I do to, to make amends? Yeah. Well, I think it's quite good to help kids with a model for how to fix their lie if they do tell a lie. Yeah. So admitting the lie apologizing sometimes explaining the motivation from the lie can, for the lie can be helpful although it's not about excusing it no not about excusing it but saying i lied because yeah. xyz yeah. because it all that also then brings in an understanding of why we do lie and all yeah. that kind of stuff yeah. um, and then also ask what they can do to to make it up yeah you know yeah. and if you give them that model of it's this step and it's this step and it's this step and it's this step there's a process that makes it just a bit easier for them i sometimes think of it as like i don't know if you ever watched super nanny but she has yeah. like a really clear routine for the naughty step and of course the naughty step can work without the routine but the thing about having the routine is the kid know what's knows what's coming the parent knows what's coming and everyone just kind of clicks into the behavior instead of having to do and there's a way out yes and there's a way out and i and i think sometimes it's also important to just acknowledge that this is quite tough it's quite difficult to acknowledge that you as i say you got it wrong you said something that wasn't quite true and but there's a way out of it it's not like it's the end of the world and you will never be trusted again yeah um i think it's worthwhile explaining to kids because (laughs) sometimes as we all know from the fact that adults lie lies can be very convenient and they work we wouldn't keep doing them as a society if they didn't work so something to explain to kids is that when they lie especially if they get found out people can't trust them as much and that's a consequence 
you know, and that's something that can be reinforced in terms of behavior or like I don't know I don't, I'm not sure if punishment consequences is the right word consequences, consequences. is a great co- if I can't word. trust you to tell the truth about watching YouTube behind my back then you can't have the iPad unless I'm sitting next to you that yeah. loss of trust has a consequence in terms of behaviors and things that are allowed um and that's about that's a consequence of lying that gets made clear to them instead of just don't lie because I told you not to lie yeah 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 I I think it's it's not a good idea to overemphasize lying with some sense of you know the idea of lying with it it's the thing that bad people do yeah lying is wrong lie, lying is wrong dishonest people lie if you have told a lie that's because you are a dishonest person and you will carry on being a dishonest person it's like the truth is we all sometimes say things that are not a full account of what of yeah. what happened for a whole variety of reasons and kids are learning this they're just testing it out yeah um yeah and i think that you know the last thing is be really careful because if you if you are too moralistic if you come down too heavy on kids they will i they will either notice and tell you or notice and not tell you but lose respect for you when they realize that you sometimes say things that are not true and also it can confuse their understanding of yeah. what lying is any as yeah. well of yeah. like if you say you you can only lie in really serious circumstances but then you say you know somebody rings up and you say tell them i'm busy that's a lie you just yeah. lied yeah. and your kid has observed that lie and they're working out okay so it's okay for me to say I'm busy. That's an okay lie. Because yeah. if you're doing it, then it's an okay lie. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that you can't ever lie around your kids or whatever. But it just it's worthwhile paying attention to when you are lying. I read this really, I've told you about this before. I read this uh, science, not science fiction, fantasy book, where there's a non-human character who has sort of spending time around humans. And um, her favourite thing is lying. She loves lies. And so every time anyone says a lie... She goes, oh, delicious lie. <laughs> <laughs> and but there's all these things of, um, you know, things that we say like, oh, no, that did, uh, you, you didn't hurt my feelings. And she goes, oh, delicious lie. Yes, exactly, um, or, exactly. you know, there's all these ways that we do offhand comments yeah, that are yeah, actually yeah, yeah. actually in the big picture of things are lies. And so it's worthwhile just thinking about and assessing yourself yeah. um, and, and being aware if you're sending mixed messages to kids. Well, there's, there's also, it's funny you should, you should mention fiction because do you remember that Patrick Ness book called The Knife of Never Letting Go? Oh, yeah. And it's a really interesting sort of sort of science fiction-y dystopian novel in which um, other people's thoughts are broadcast. Yeah, and it's an absolute nightmare. And it's scenario. an absolute nightmare because you you can never have any privacy. You can never think about something. You can never lie. You can never lie because you will always be found out. But also you can never have any any private thoughts. Yeah. It's all public. It's all broadcast. And it's a it's a really uncomfortable because because actually in this in the story, there's a huge lie that nobody talks about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just hangs over them. Yeah. Really, really, really powerful stuff. So what about when you lie directly to your kids deliberately <laughs> is <laughs> yeah. that cool i'm all for it lie to them all the time i think <laughs> well it's an it's an interesting one isn't it because sometimes i mean i can remember lying was it lying i mean you know why do we have to do this because why do we have to do this because 
eventually I would say something like, because it's Tuesday. <laughs> oh, and, okay. that, and that would stop stop the boys in their tracks and they go oh right it's tuesday and of course it was nonsense but it was because i was just i was i just had enough yeah and sometimes we lie because it's easier mm -hmm. you know it shuts people up it stops awkward questions but it also you know fun things happen yeah there's also a, the, the, moving over towards the more imagination yeah element of things you know there are some people who think that you shouldn't you shouldn't have the story of Father Christmas or Santa Claus coming into your house yeah. because you shouldn't lie to kids and you shouldn't model lying to kids. Yeah. Um, I find that one really, really difficult because I just think... Santa Claus is fun. Santa Claus is fun. Presents and, are fun. And I remember working out that Father Christmas wasn't real and I didn't say anything to you. But I worked it out. Kind of <laughs> okay. Well, I was kind. also the older sibling, so you have a certain responsibility when you're the older sibling <laughs> as well. But it wasn't this big betrayal of of she's lied to me. It was it was just oh, I see, I see how that works. Okay, <laughs> I got it now. I got it now. Um, but but before that, I genuinely believed. That when yeah. I heard a creak outside the door, it was Father Christmas. Instead of your father. And it was so exciting and I kept my eyes shut the whole time. Um, so, I mean, it also depends on the kid, right? Like, if you have a kid who's going to set traps for you outside the door and try and expose you as Santa Claus the whole time, it's probably not worthwhile lying about. <laughs> well, they've worked it out already, yes, actually. True. They've worked it out already. <laughs> or, and if you have a kid who directly confronts you and says, are you Father Christmas? Are you the person who leaves? Then, yeah. you know, again, they've probably worked it out. Yeah. But there are lots of kind of imaginative lies or creative lies i remember reading a story it's actually the how i got the idea for zeke in the very first place um so zeke is a character in the quest of kids narrative and he's a very grumpy uh time traveling iguana but i got this the idea for him being an iguana from um a book where somebody was talking about how <laughs> his stepdaughter came home with a group of friends one day and he said to her in front of all the friends um, oh yeah, the iguana's escaped again. He's running around the house. If you see him, will you put him back in the cage? <laughs> and he knew, and she knew that there was no iguana. And all the other little girls went, <gasps> <laughs> and it became this sort of joke. Yeah, this fun joke between them, talking about this iguana that didn't exist. Yeah, yeah. Um, and was a really lovely way for them to bond together. Um, and like, I just think that stuff's fun. That's we should all be more imaginative, like kids, and we should all, you know. Be, not lie maliciously but lie no, imaginatively no i think and and actually that the distinction between that playful imaginative you know making the world a more interesting exciting funny place telling each other stories you know how to distinguish all of that from just downright lying yeah is not straightforward and not easy and we just need to cut kids some slack really yeah and and maybe adults as well <laughs> and maybe adults as well and be careful what you wish for yeah you if know, everybody was brutally honest it would be pretty well it tough, would be like actually. living among the dutch which is what i do half <laughs> the time it's so very very distressing <laughs> everyone's brutally honest and you will have dutch people in your audience and they will take offense at your lack of they will all agree with me <laughs> they will all agree with me um right let's uh, i've got a fun section now which is some of the we had some listeners tell us what are the best lies from children the best or the funniest lies that they've ever heard from kids okay um so from cara uh my four-year-old locked my six-year-old and i out on the terrace for an hour he still maintains that it was our dog who locked the door. 
This is the short version. The long one includes a neighbor and a ladder, <laughs> which I definitely want to hear, Cara. I want to hear the full story. Um, there's another one from Marzia, who, which says, we were fostering a six-year-old who was really struggling in school. It was summer and we told him he had to do his homework to get ready for the new school year. The conversation went like this. Kid, no, school is over. Us? Yes, but it will start again in September. Kid, no, no, I don't have to go back to school. The teachers told me I was so good. I did it all right. I don't have to ever go back there. (laughs) I want to know what happened to this child. (laughs) They sound great. Exactly. That sounds like a very, very productive lie. Um, uh, From Rachel, uh, the best lie that she ever heard from a kid was that the TV fell and smashed because his hair brushed it as he was just walking past. (laughs) Presumably it it had so much hairspray in it. Exactly. It became a lethal weapon. Um, One from Rambeer, um, that the dog ate and then pooped on his homework uh, and then proceeded to reveal to the teacher a stained exercise book. So maybe it was true. We just don't know. Maybe it was true. Maybe he was really invested in the lie. Maybe he did fly to school. Maybe he was really invested in the lie. Um, uh, (laughs) From uh, Harry... Uh, this is a lie that Harry told himself. Um, he told his mum that he didn't forge her signature in crayon to get out of a lesson. Because <laughs> mums <laughs> often sign things in crayon. <laughs> um, and this is a lie that a parent told uh, their kid uh, from Rosie. Her dad told her that motorbike racers had little wheels on their knees and that's how they were able to get so close to the ground on the corners. <laughs> She believed this and argued it was the case well into adulthood. (laughs) Well, actually, I have one. So Nick, who is the person who everybody does the voice for Zeke in the Quest of Kids uh, thing, who I went to school with, I've been going to school, I went to school with since I was 13. And he told me that all six of his front teeth were fake. Um, (laughs) Because he'd had a, he'd had a terrible accident. Which is entirely, entirely believable. It's entirely credible. And I fully believed it. And I would tell everyone, do you know, Nick's six top six front teeth. They did have very straight teeth, but I would say, yes, very straight. And it wasn't until mid twenties, our mid twenties, when I said something about him about like, oh yeah, you know, with your teeth and everything. And he said, what are you talking about? And I said, your fake front teeth and he said no that was a lie (laughs) and he'd forgotten about it (laughs) and do you know what my I had the most lovely 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 grandfather who used to tell me stories and you could frame them as lies but he used to tell me things that I never forgot so I cannot eat Eccles cakes because my grandfather told me that Eccles cakes were where the flies went to have a sleep in the winter time oh god and that's clearly not true. It's Eccles raisins, cakes are, right? yeah, it's raisins, <laughs> exactly, exactly, and they're delicious. But he told me this, and I just believed it in its entirety. And the it kid was, told me that bolognese sauce, yeah, was looked that way because somebody had already chewed it and spat it out again. Yeah. <laughs> It's credible. And it's actually quite funny and quite imaginative. And the thing is that my grandfather also told me about the little people who made houses in the woods. And that was just the most wonderful thing because we used to go looking for them. And and that's also like this, you know, he was Irish and the little people are, are... a myth there it's a myth that, that no, it's has real deep, darling it's real there it's real they has, fly to school as well <laughs> that has deep roots within a culture so is that a lie are we yeah. going to kind of diminish all these cultures and that's one of the things that come up comes up in quest of kids is we we talk about stories and myths and things and we talk about how 
they represent some version of a reality. It's not as simple as like it's just a made up story that popped into somebody's imagination. There is actually a really, really complex understanding of lies in inverted commas and imagination and how that works on a broader level. And it's great for kids to start learning about that. Yeah. And it's about how you make sense of the world. Yes. And making the world make sense because basically it doesn't, yeah. depends on a whole series of lies that we tell ourselves. A whole series of stories. And that's okay. Some of them are lies. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, that's it for now. Um, I just have to fly back off home now and I'll leave Laura to yes, say goodbye you're to you. down the street, are I'm you flying now? down the street. Yes, off I go. <laughs> As always, we didn't do listener questions this time because we did listener contributions. But if you do have a listener question for us, um, get in touch with us on our Facebook page and our Instagram page, Let's Talk About Parenting podcast. And uh, we would love to get your questions and answer them. Uh, As always, if you've enjoyed the podcast, please like, review, subscribe, pass it on to other people. And yeah, and if you are going to write a review, try not to write lies unless they're nice ones. Um, (laughs) And that's it for us for now. See you next time. Bye, everyone. The Let's Talk About Parenting podcast is sponsored by Questa Kids, an online educational game for kids aged 7 to 12. Questa Kids follows Questa and Zeke on a journey around the world, traveling through time, and teaches children about geography, history, maths, culture, and plenty more. Questa Kids makes learning fun. So sign up today at questakids.com for a free 30-day trial. You can also get 15% off with the code Let's Talk About.